It was called the Tour de Fat in, okay. uh, in Vancouver. <laughs> and it was uh, all-you-can-eat sushi followed by a really big <laughs> cupcake followed by uh, a big milkshake. <laughs> Man, I want to do the Tour de Fat. I feel like I might. Like, I'm no O-lineman, but I feel like I could almost pull that out and only puke a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it was full food coma after that. And we'd be right down by the beach. So if anyone was having trouble breathing after all that, we would just walk them up and down the beach for a while. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John, John Fraser. Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers, I don't know what is. And Travis Cura. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza's better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook! Welcome to episode where the where the confetti? It's episode fifty of the Two and Out CFL podcast, and uh, with John Fraser and Travis Kerr, it's a special episode today. I think John, we've was coined I, the term. Was I supposed to bring the confetti? Yes, you were. Like I'm wearing a tuxedo with a bow tie and everything today. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> I think some wires got crossed. I guess that's what happens when I've still been in recovery from being thrown under a bus so hard from missing last week because of work commitments. Yes, that bus hit you very hard. I'd love to say I apologize for that, but that is a lie. Uh, today is <laughs> the episode 50 celebration of the Two and Out podcast uh, from the birth of the, I guess, the angry elk to angry John to Brazilian Thai becoming Brazilian Thai. I can't believe we've made it. Yeah, 50 episodes, nobody's really complained yet, nobody's campaigned to get us off the air, and I haven't had an aneurysm live on the air yet, so through 50 episodes, we're doing not too pretty bad, and I remember, and it's funny, Travis, I remember when we first started this, I was so excited and so pumped, and it's been everything I hoped it could be through 50 episodes, and a large, a big part of that goes to you. You do the production. You came up with the idea. I'm just the guy who yells into a microphone once a week. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to say you look pretty, but that's also a lie as well. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I did, I did text you. Last week, and and by the way, we want to we want to take the episode fifty here to thank all our previous guests that have been on. Thank Brazilian Ty, gives us so many stats. He he comes on, drops in once in a while. Thank the guys who filled in for me uh, over the many times I've had to miss. So I texted you about a week ago, Travis. Yes, and I said for fifty, I said let's do something big. We sent out a tweet. And all you narcissistic listeners were like, I should be on episode 50. I should be on episode. I should be on episode 50. And we love you all. But no, we wanted somebody massive and not saying none of you aren't massive. You're all great. And we love you all. And the reason that we do this is is for you, the listeners, even though I'm tearing a shred off of you already. It's all in good fun. You and I started bantering back and forth ideas. And. I said to you, I'm like, what about Rod Smith? And, and I said, said, is it possible? <laughs> and we tweeted, and it happened. So we will have TSN's Rod Smith on. And Travis, I'll let you tell the story of how our other guest came to be. So so first off, we're having our first Gemini Award winner and Rod Smith on for episode 50. Travis, can you reveal our surprise guest? Our surprise guest is Chris Best, right guard for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And I guess how this all came about is when we threw the ideas around of a CFL pierogi challenge. 
Yes. Uh, happening at Grey Cup in Toronto. It remains to be seen if that will happen. But Chris That's Best, all up to you because I'm too broke to go. <laughs> Chris Best replies to us. I think he was one of the first guys. Said, I am in for this. So, yep. uh, coming up on the Labor Day Classic in Regina, we will be talking to him about pierogies and pretty much anything that can be considered a carbohydrate, probably. <laughs> so, Chris Best, uh, our first active player and our first Gemini Award winner coming on the podcast tonight. All part of episode 50, so shall we just get it out of the way? Shall we get? Uh, shall we go get waxed here, Trav? Yes, let's get waxed with Brazilian Thai. Hey, it's Brazilian Ty back for another edition of Getting Waxed here on the Two and Out CFL Podcast. We made it to 50 episodes. I can't believe we made it that far, let alone count that high. Let me just say one thing before we get this underway. It's about time the league figured out what the hell they were doing and finally suspended Deron Carter. I mean, it only took eight weeks. Anyways, there wasn't a clear-cut winner for Getting Waxed this week, so I'll just go with the largest winning margin, which happens to be the surprising Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who have now won four straight football games, albeit against the Alouettes. Matt Nichols took care of the football, going 23 of 30 for 220 yards, but didn't throw any touchdowns or interceptions, unlike his counterpart Kevin Glenn, who, surprise, surprise, threw more picks and touchdowns. 29 of 38 for 283 with a touchdown and four picks, one of which was a pick six for Maurice Leggett, which helped me dismantle Curra 308 to 225 in A, but I'm sure he doesn't want to talk about it. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the troops after this past week, with Military Appreciation Night on Friday night in Edmonton, the place was electric from kickoff to the final whistle. It all started with the two flyovers just before kickoff, and the game on the field did not disappoint. That being said, I had to sit through another rendition of Get him, get him, get him, as soon as Mike Riley would get the ball. I just love when people tell professional athletes what they need to do. At least this time, she stuck to football and didn't try to piss off everyone in the section. You can find me on Twitter, at Brazilian underscore Ty, if you want to just stop in and say hi, or... Maybe just rip me like everybody else does. Anyways, until next time, keep your wax hot and your strips clean. Now back to Travis and John and Two and Out CFL Podcast. In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two and Out Podcast. And news is brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink. I, I don't know about you, John. I think you're probably a little too uh, selfish uh, to do what I do. But I, I share my Bomb Energy Drink with my coworkers. You're, uh, you, you see, that's because you don't have a child. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I get to sleep. Yeah, I don't. So, and I also work mornings, and you work afternoons. So you get to saunter into the office at about you know four o'clock and do a show from four until six, or I don't know what you afternoon people do, but um, no, I don't share because it's too good. It, it keeps me awake and alert, and that's what I need out of our great sponsor, Bomb Energy Drink. Uh, we should mention most of the news we're going to get to with Rod. We talk yes. some silliness as always. I'm sure we're going to talk some silliness as always, but we are going to get to the bulk of the news with Rod. But we got a few quick hits here. First up, Travis, what's our bomb of the week i think it has to be the the cfl tweaks the challenge rule in the middle of the week at which is kind of crazy to me to me this means that they are going to uh tweak it further or eliminate parts of it after the season basically now coaches get punished uh if they end up getting denied uh their first challenge which which is crazy i actually thought that was a rule you were on the sports cage with rod peterson uh and we all thought it was a rule yeah that i I thought if you got your challenge wrong you you lost the timeout but they change it in the middle of the week which to me is crazy 
and it means they're serious and they're listening to people because I've been in fantasy football leagues that won't even change rules middle of the season. Oh, yeah, or rec hockey leagues. Now, the only thing that, that does make my eye twitch a bit is the fact that they did it midweek. I like the fact right. that they did it in the middle of the season. They're obviously listening to the fans, but how are you doing that midweek? It just, it, it, it's The CFL continues to find ways to just make itself, just start getting that Bush League kind of talk um, around it a little bit. I mean, it just seems like you said, like your fantasy leagues don't change rules in the middle of the season, never mind the middle of, uh, of a game week. So... To me personally, and and I was talking about this a little bit on Twitter, again, with some of our great listeners earlier on this week, um, I think, and I said this on the sports cage as well with Rod Peterson, I think there's just way too much to challenge. I get that you want to get it right. But I would love to see the CFL go back to the way it was. Let's, if it's an interception, let's review it. If it's a scoring play, let's review it. You know, let's get rid of reviewing the PI. Let's get rid of reviewing, you know, roughing the passer. To me, if you put some of that power in the officiating crew's hand, I've officiated a lot, and, and I've been at sideline level for a lot of high-level football games, and I can tell you the difference between you watch it in super slow-mo from 12 different angles, you say, well, that's clearly P.I. I can tell you at full speed, that is one of the toughest calls to make in all of sports anywhere, and I ref some pretty high-level hockey myself. I would almost love to see if the CFL would allow, okay, coaches can still challenge turnovers, touchdowns, things like that, catches, obviously. But I would love to see if the officiating crew or the command center could say, hey, you know what, we threw the flag for P.I., let's take a second look at that as a crew. I think people would be less upset. I think it would be, hey, they're taking a second look at it, they want to get it right, and that's fair. Or have some device in the command center with those headsets going, wait, 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 hold on here, boys. Uh, yeah, that's definitely P.I., keep going. Like it's just. But the thing is, the coach's challenges, I mean, the one that's making my eye twitch. And if I'm a CFL coach, I'm taking advantage of the rule in any way I can. Of course. The one that comes to mind is Ken Austin. Ken Austin, Zach Caleros, throws an interception into the end zone against Saskatchewan. It was a scramble play. There was lots and lots of time. I, I think the play almost went on for a full 30 seconds. Or was minute, it the, It happened this week against Calgary where a pick six was returned. Uh, well, and that's, another, and yeah. that's another one. But, I mean, the one that really stands out in my mind for the biggest reason that it was just like, let's face it, if a play goes on in the CFL for 30 seconds to a minute, something's gone wrong. Nobody's getting open. You're getting <laughs> great protection from the yeah. O-line, by the way. The big boys are doing their job. But it just seemed to me that you know there's going to be a hold someplace, illegal contact, whenever it turns into a scramble like that. And Ken Austin was basically going, well, I know it's out there someplace. I don't know where. So, uh, hey, here's a flag. Uh, there's illegal contact someplace. So let's turn this around. So that's that's what I hate. It's the chintzy ones. Like, I just – I get review. I get you want to get it right. But the coaches now are using it as an advantage, essentially using it as a timeout to rest their players. And at first – first early in the season i came out here and said no no it's not too bad from the viewing experience it's it's getting bad the tsn guys do an awesome job of 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 good discussion and keeping you informed but it's killing the flow of the game and, and that's what's really making my eye twitch i'm okay with reviewing pass interference it's the uh it's the extra stuff the illegal contact that's 60 yards away from uh where the ball is uh, going that stuff gets uh, a little annoying but when you implement all this review it's a penalty by the way of the book so you're kind of handcuffed that way so if yeah. they get rid of it maybe then they, they don't have to call it i i listened to bud steen on the eskimo empire podcast last week of course he refed uh for years he refed the 89 gray cup and he, he's one of the the, the longest serving refs 
refs in CFL history. And he said, coaches have never coached a perfect game. Players have never played a perfect game. Officials aren't going to have a perfect game. Maybe it's we, we bring that uh, you know human element back into the game. And uh, I, I think maybe we're going to see that after this season. If they're going to change it in the middle of the week, uh, maybe they change it as much as they could. Uh, we'll probably see more changes uh, after the year. We're going to bring Rod Smith, the host of the CFL on TSN panel, in uh, very, very soon. Now, quickly, just talk about some NFL cuts that we could be seeing back in the league very soon, uh, David Foucault, he was a draft pick uh, for the Alouettes in 2014. He's been cut. Uh, the Owls would probably welcome him back if he's going to come back up. Uh, Terrell Sinkfield had 69 catches, 1,030 yards for the Ticats last year. He's been cut. I believe he becomes a CFL free agent if teams want to yep. bring him back. And Aaron Grimes, while cut by the Eagles, it, it seemed to only happen because of a bum shoulder. Uh, he could accept a practice roster spot with Philadelphia, so don't get your hopes up, Edmonton Eskimo fans. And Willie Jefferson cut by Washington, uh, maybe seeing him back soon as well as for some quick injury news heading into Labor Day weekend. Geraldo Boldeline for the Lions may miss this week's game. Courtney Taylor is going to step in. Rob Bag returning uh, hopefully for the Riders on Labor Day. And John White probably returning for the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, Shakir Bell, what a game for him. We're going to bring in Rod Smith, the host of CFL on TSN, uh, right after just a quick break. episode celebration we get at least the biggest deepest voice we've had on the podcast so far as we are joined by host of the cfl on tsn that is one mr rod smith rod how, how are you tonight man this is a thrill to have you on well my pleasure john that's uh i'm honored and uh, to be on your 50th guys travis hello uh Hi. congratulations this is this is a great idea and uh, i'm glad to see it's taken off for you yeah, it's been a labor of love. It's been a labor of lots of energy drinks and coffees and a lot of time <laughs> making my wife put our child to bed. And I thank her for that through 50 episodes. So I guess we'll get we'll get right into it with with how you really got a love for the CFL rod. I mean, that's one thing. I know there's a lot of broadcasters. You can watch them across the country. Sometimes you can tell, all right, this isn't this guy's love. That is not the story for you and the CFL. You can tell every day you're on that panel. You just love what you do. You love the game. How did you catch your interest? I mean, we've all got that story of how we fell in love with this great game here in Canada. Well, I, I'm from Ottawa, and I'm from Ottawa at a time when the one team in town uh, were the Ottawa Rough Riders. I mean, uh, it was long before Senators Hockey. You know, there, there were a few pro hockey experiments in the 70s with uh, the WHA. But, I mean, even though Ottawa was always a really good hockey town with a 67th junior team, it was, uh, it was all about the Rough Riders to me. And I had, a, I had a choice to make playing hockey and football. My dad made me choose uh, which sport by the time I was heading into high school. I, I could only pick one to play more competitively. The other I'd have to play house league. And so uh, I chose football. And, um, and my father was a big Ottawa Rough Rider fan in the 60s when – you know they weren't the punchline to a joke. They were they were a really good team. <laughs> Russ Jackson was their legendary quarterback. He won uh, Grey Cups in his final two years, and uh, and through the seventies, you know uh, they won in seventy three. Tommy Clements to Tony Gabriel in seventy six. 
uh, I, I just really loved that team and, of course, learned to love the league along with it as I grew up. And uh, that always stuck with me. And I, I went and played some college football at Queen's, later went to Ryerson, took up radio and TV, but had a real interest in Canadian University football and always had my interest in the CFL. And, and, uh, and I should point out, too, I enjoy the NFL. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's either or. I, I mean, they're two yeah. different leagues. And I think you can appreciate both brands because I started, uh, you know, I remember being uh, an NFL fan even from the 70s too, but always a passionate CFL fan and enjoyed it thoroughly. So when this chance came along, and it first came along in uh, the late 90s, I hosted this show in 97, and uh, James Duffy took over from me and Dave Randor for him for about 13 years, and then it was really nice to come back to it. So um, it's fun. I mean, you're telling me you're going to get paid for sitting around and talking to a bunch of Hall of Fame players uh, about the game, uh, I mean, pinch me. It still is uh, It's an absolute joy. See, we don't have any Hall of Famers, and we don't get paid. But, hey, we still do it as well. <laughs> well, you know what? You're proving the point more than I am then. But I, I honestly, I, listen, I, uh, this is why I'm, I'm happy to do this, because I admire what you're doing. And I like to think I'd be trying something like this, too, even though I'm not very technically savvy. But... I think it's terrific. I mean, you, you guys obviously have a passion for the game if you are doing it this way. And you're right, you're demonstrating it more than I am. But uh, but that's uh, I, I think it's terrific. A couple of guys sitting around and, and chatting about Canadian Football League. I think it's awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rod. And actually, fun fact, like all great distant memories from great cups <laughs> gone by, the three of us have actually met before. I don't know if any of us really recall the details. It was Grey Cup 98. I think Travis might have the photo someplace, but I just wanted to a say... Blurry you know, like a blurry <laughs> photo. A reunion of the 98th Grey Cup in Vancouver. Okay, 98. 2011. Then, oh, the 2011 one. Yeah. yeah. Which is actually... actually uh, was that the 98th or the 99th? I know I'm because uh, wasn't Great Cup 100 in 2012. You know what? That was the 99th. Yeah. Oh, so we met, uh, now where? Did, yeah, I was. I, I was. Geez, Dutchie and I were doing. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't doing the panel then. I was uh, doing. Um, we had a Sports Center show all day on, on yep. Saturday and all day on Sunday leading up to it. I think Dutch and I were hosting it. And uh, forgive me, where did we meet? Or was it in a certain was it in a certain watering hole? <laughs> it, it was. It was outside of, I believe, uh, the spirit of Edmonton. Uh, you and I believe Farhan were just leaving. The two of us are walking in. Yeah, and I it was, remember that. It, it was quickly. Hey, hey, that's Rod and Farhan. We should get a picture. <laughs> and uh, what kind of shape were you boys in? Uh, not ideal. I, I like I like to call that that party John. I think party John and party Travis were there. We were obviously in much worse shape than than you and Farhan. Was that before or to... after I fell down the stairs? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Uh, you you risk being arrested for leaving the spirit of Edmonton sober. So you know, you're probably just you're you're probably right in the. In a good crowd right there, in a good place. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't want to run into the Grey Cup fun place. Speaking of Grey Cups, you've been to a bunch working, and I know as, as a fellow broadcaster, I know sometimes you do a lot of hard work, but you ha get to sneak out a little bit for a little bit of fun. What is one of your favorite Grey Cups you've, you've got to go enjoy and be a part of, Rod? Um, let's see. Because I, I, I remember going to some as a fan, too, and having fun the uh, – uh, there, were, there were a few of those even before I ever got to work them. But I'd say working them probably, uh, oddly enough, uh, right here in Toronto in 2012 for the yep. uh, Argo Stampeders one, 
I'll, because I had a lot of friends in town, and uh, I remember Dutch and I went out, and I introduced them to a bunch of friends. We went out, had dinner, and went out and had a great time. And uh, might have stayed up, might have stayed up a little bit late. <laughs> and uh, we had a show to do the next day, so um, that, you know, it's always interesting if you're, uh, you know, if you're rolling into bed a little bit later on. But I mean, it was a lot of. There have been a few of them. I mean, uh, just about every single one that I've worked. And I've been to a bunch more, as I said, as a fan, but uh, you always make sure you get out and socialize and meet people and talk and, and you know, try to have a good time. You, there is a job to do, so you do have to be careful. But, yeah. uh, obviously, I, you know, I think it's part of the week, though, to soak up the festivities and see what people are up to and everything else. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that fine line. But I'd say I have fond memories of uh, – I was really impressed uh, with the – I, unfortunately, you know, I missed – only the only one I've missed in recent years was in Regina, and I, you know, I, and that one, that's a heartbreaker. I mean, that was Dave Randorf was still doing the panel then, and yeah. uh, and I think Dutchie, and I think it was Jennifer Hedger who went out, and uh, so I didn't get to go to that one, and uh, I really missed that one because I knew it was going to be huge, especially once the Riders got in. From what I remember of it, uh, Rod, it was very good. <laughs> that, yeah, okay. that, that was a special one. I'm counting on you to write a journal about it later on. Oh, no. That... <laughs> It'd be all of your memories. <laughs> that might be problematic. I remember showing up in Regina. I remember leaving after the game. <laughs> Everything else is a bit of a blur. Uh, we've <laughs> talked about you working with some Hall of Famers uh, on the panel, and what I've really enjoyed over the past few years is you talking maybe with perhaps some future Hall of Famers on around the table, uh, talk about that experience talking with the uh, GMs, the coaches, and the players of the league, and that really uh, cool setting. I love that show. Well, I, I uh, cool setting. Yeah, you know what the the number one complaint I heard about on uh, that I the feedback I got on Twitter about those shows. And thank you, by the way. But it, it was where's the food? Where are the uh, oh. you know where are the chicken wings? Where are the nachos? Where's the beer? Where's the you know, we we didn't dress it up enough. I've uh, you know, uh, I thought in the second year we'd deal with that more, but no one, certainly no coach and no player. Uh, GMs I don't know about, but no coach, no player want to be seen, you know, even with an alcoholic beverage in front of them. They don't like the yeah. image it portrays. And, uh, and I, I won't say who in that first one we shot, uh, because they were, you know, there were refreshments made available, some snacks, everything else, some beers, yep. and one of the coaches. One of the coaches went, oh, great beer. And, and I, we said, help yourself. And he said, you mean on camera? And we said, sure. Why not? And he, no, 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 it's okay. So, I mean, I can understand. It's the optics and everything else. But the what we wanted to capture was the kind of thing, like, we could sit around and chat right now over a beer. And, yeah. and uh, you know, that, that the type of setting where you're just sitting around, yak and talking football, and just to get people in that type of mindset. And not that you, you don't need the beer to do that. I, I think I – think, uh, Everybody bought in after a while and really relaxed. The players, especially. Yeah. Sorry to, to answer your question, though. I mean, it was a lot of fun to do. It was. It was a different type of format. It had no real beginning and no real end. It's just the way it was edited together. There are no formal introductions, anything else. We just talked. Interesting. Yeah, and, and we we went on for about an hour, and it got edited down. I think wow. a half hour show, but there was there was lots there, and you learn a lot. And once once you uh, once you're yakking in that kind of an environment. Um, where, you know, time isn't really, really tight. You don't have a director or producer saying, to you, you know, 30 seconds, wrap it up here. Um, yep. There's less tension everywhere, and people can expand on a story, and we let them go until they finish telling the story. And uh, I, I thought I was really – but one of my favorite ones, actually, was Chris Jones with Mike O'Shea and Dave Dickinson. 
Yeah. And and uh, the reason I liked it, I didn't sure I wasn't sure what Mike and Dave would be like. I had a feeling I knew Chris could tell a story if you you know you had to get them going, if you poke them a little bit and get them <laughs> uh, get them more animated. I, I thought the other two guys were outstanding too and very funny. They had, they had great sense of humor. So yeah, you learn a little bit about uh, everybody when you sit around in a setting like that and just talk. It's funny, Rod. The first thing I actually noticed, I didn't go public with it on Twitter, but I do remember texting Travis going, I get there might not be beer, but where the hell is the food? So <laughs> maybe, it was you, maybe it was you guys. <laughs> it could have been us. Because, I mean, Fake Gainer would be in. You know, I, think, I think Fake Gainer was, uh, he was tweeting something like that as well. He was wondering where, <laughs> you know, where, why aren't the beverages on the table? So, you know, I, I must admit, I looked at it. I looked at the table all clean, and we just said glasses, goblet of water, and I thought, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think anybody else would buy in, and I certainly didn't want to be the only one there having a fear of nobody else. <laughs> and as a former offensive lineman, of course you wanted to dig in, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if it was there, you know, I, just only to be polite, though, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like we're kindred spirits. The three of us really seem to love our food. I mean, speaking of food, what's one of your favorite, you know, every, every guy that travels on the road kind of has a favorite place to go. What's one of your favorites to hit up for, for a little bit of food and beer? Um, let's see. Because I'm not on the road that much anymore. I mean, used right, to be yeah. years ago. I don't know if I, I don't know if I could narrow it down to one place, but every now and then I don't do it often. Uh, I mean, I used to be more of a wings and beer guy than I am now. Uh, you know, try to try to tone down the wings a little bit, but still enjoy uh, still enjoy the odd steak and yep. uh, you know nothing nothing usually too heavy or too much of it anymore. But uh, yeah, I was always I was always enjoying that, and I used to. I mean, back college days, of course, wings. Wings and beer, or nachos, and all the all the food that's really really healthy for you. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> it seems it, 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 in the crowd I ran with anyway. It all seemed to go hand in hand when you're sitting around, with, you know, with a game on the big screen. And, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to replace that with salad now, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't always that doesn't always go in very well. But I have my conscience uh, to the left of me. His name is Milk Siegel, yep. and I'll tell you, you guys, you be careful around him. If he sees you eating anything fried or fatty, or if he sees you something with with sugar in it, I mean, you'll get a lecture. Uh, Milt is is a, no, I'm older. I'm older than Milt, but I he's like my uncle Milt. I mean, he's my conscience. I got to be careful. I got to be very careful what I'm doing. He, uh, you know uh, what? You know what kind of food I eat around him, or talking about beer or anything like that, because Milt is as straight as an arrow, and he doesn't want to get hit anymore. But he could probably like the kind of shape he's in, he could still fight. He, he 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 looks like it. It's funny. I think over the years we've watched the panel get leaner and leaner and bulkier and bulkier. Is that all Milt's doing? <laughs> certainly didn't get it. Certainly didn't get leaner when Randorf left and I went on it. I mean, come on. The way it was explained, you know, I, I offer a little bit of balance, a little bit of size balance to this. But no, when, you know what? Milt, uh, yeah, Milt could be a he could be a drill sergeant. He could be a great trainer. I, you know, he doesn't like it when I say that, but he'd be the. Like he'd be perfect. I, I, I think yeah. he could guilt me into getting down for twenty push-ups all the time. I mean, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think Milt's had that kind of influence. But you know, I, if he put his mind to it, who knows? He could. He probably could with me anyway. Because uh, I mean, I, I have a natural guilt complex, and Milt knows yep. all the right buttons to push. <laughs> you walk in with a big piece of pizza, double cheese on it. And, you take one look at him, and you're it's, you're pulling it out of your mouth and putting it in the garbage. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! He's, I'll tell you, 
I don't even. He, he he's amazing that way. But I mean, he but he lives that. That's the life he lives though too. He's he's certainly no hypocrite. He uh, he's it's. It's kind of sickening how healthy he is. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask about the panel. Is what we see on camera exactly what you see uh, behind the scenes? I'm really loving the new segues that you guys have before uh, you know halftime. They'll be sleeping yeah. or playing musical chairs. Or <laughs> well, the thing is, a lot of that's unbeknownst to me. I mean, I'm supposed I want to do my stuff, and then I look at the monitor. You have a monitor right next to the camera, and you'll look off and see what's going on behind you. And sometimes I'm thinking online, like, what on earth are they doing? One time I think they were, I don't know if they were throwing paper airplanes at me. They were flicking something at me, and one uh, just hit me in the back just as I was thought. So, no, they're uh, they're clowns. I mean, they're, they're, they are. They're funny guys. And they uh, the thing I like is uh, they can lighten it up, and, and all of them are good at it. And they're also very good at being edgy and opinionated, and they're also very well-informed. And I, 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 like the, uh, I like the opinions that they, you know, people don't always agree, and, uh, you know, they're all from the offensive side of the football, so there might be defensive-minded uh, people or, you know, people that play defense in the CFL that think maybe there's a, you know, a, bit too, a bit of an imbalance there. Uh, you know, I've heard that opinion before, but I think these guys, they were very good at what they uh, did on the field, yep. and they certainly, know, they certainly know their craft, and they bring that too. But I, I think, hey, this business, I mean, what you're doing now, I mean, it's uh, – it's about informing and entertaining, and uh, I think you can. It's a balance, and you can have too much of either. To be yeah. honest with you, I think sometimes if you if you aim to be just strictly informative, you can come off being dry, and people aren't paying attention to what you're doing. And obviously, you can't turn it into a three ring circus uh, as much as we've tried sometimes. But I mean, <laughs> uh, you know. But I, I like to have fun, and I also like to take the game seriously too. And I'll tell you, we've had times we planned out everything that we're going to talk about. Uh, I remember one show. It was actually, I think it was, uh, it was last year, or the year before. I get some. I know it was two years ago. Is when I think Zach Caleros got hurt uh, earlier in the season in this first in Hamilton. They were in Edmonton. We had everything planned out, all the roll-ins, like all the video you see, everything. Yeah. Uh, a lot of work went into this halftime show, and I think the last play of the half, Odell Willis, was a little late, in my opinion. And I love Odell. He was a little late on Caleros, and he, he gave him a concussion. And a lot of people thought uh, it was just, it was good, clean football. I mean, that's the kind of debate. And our panel was divided, too. Well, we scrapped everything. I mean, we saw, okay, Claros is down. They get him off the field. Yeah. That's yeah. a real game changer. And uh, and uh, we scrapped every single thing we were going to do at that halftime show, and it turned into a big debate. And it was a pretty heated argument. And yeah. it was, re- I mean, the, the, the opinions, I mean, the guys don't hate each other, obviously, but they will argue their point. And it's yeah. kind of neat to have a front row seat to that. You just tee them up and sit back and listen to this this fight go on. Um, but they both both sides felt really passionate about it, and that was good. I thought it was I thought it was good TV, uh, probably because they didn't agree. I mean, you can't disagree uh, just for the heck of it. I mean, you have to have conviction. You have to you have to believe what you're saying, and you also have to have good reasons to back it up. But just an example of that. I, you know what? I can't even remember what you originally asked me. I, I, I have this bad habit of wandering off. <laughs> any producer works with me. Sorry, can I have the original question? Uh, we, you know what? Hey, we do the same thing all you the time. We're, we, we are famous. I believe from my concussion-riddled brain, well, I, I believe Travis asked about the genuineness of, of the panel, and that's, uh, I, I mean, it's a real eye-opener to hear. And you're right, you can tell. Thank goodness that, Thank goodness it was that question, not one about chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I digress that far, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I guess let's segue into uh, current football. Uh, 
we're coming up on Labor Day weekend, pretty much the exact halfway point of the season. I, I feel like nothing should surprise me anymore in the Canadian Football League, but for lack of a better term, what has surprised you so far this season? Uh, two things. Uh, one is how good Calgary is. Yes, seriously, given all oh, yeah. the change that they've undergone. I knew they'd be good. I didn't think they'd be this good. And they have, you know, they've proven once again. I think after beating, I still haven't faced the Eskimos, but after beating BC the way they did and after beating Hamilton, that is one good team. And, uh, you know, sorry, guys. But I'm also, I, I'm stunned how uh, how bad things have been for the green and white. I, I, yeah. You know, I, I thought there'd be more progress. And I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a believer in Chris Jones, too. I, you know, this he's new to the GM side of things. Not player value, uh, evaluation, rather. I mean, he's. He's done that, and he's very good at it. He brought some good players to the Argos, I remember, too. But um, I just thought I thought we'd see them on the right track sooner than this. This has been a rough year. I mean, I don't need to tell you that on and off the field. Yeah, yeah absolutely it has been. Do you have a lot of people here starting to have some creeping doubt about Chris Jones? I'm not one of those people. I, I know I always, anybody I talk to, I say he's going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out. From what you've seen, Rod, we all it's bottomed out worse than any of us have expected. When do you see it maybe starting to straighten out? Is it maybe a two-year rebuild here in Saskatchewan? Can he turn it around next year? Can he turn it around after Labor Day maybe even? Let's let's give some people some hope, Rod, some light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, I mean, there's always uh, – I mean, the low point obviously is what happened in Hamilton, and then it looked like it was happening all over again in Edmonton, and, and they started to improve in the second half. And I'm a big believer in Darien. I mean, yeah. I just—it's just you know the high point, of course, uh, three years ago uh, in Regina, and then looked good in halfway through 2014. He gets hurt. I think they went what two and six after that and lost in the playoffs. And then all of last year, you know, the yeah. uncertainty at quarterback, despite Kevin Glenn being there. I mean, having Darian back, I thought would make a bigger difference now. Um, but uh, do I think they can, you know, put some wins together? Absolutely, I do. But I don't think they can put together eight or nine. Yeah, and that's what it, that's what it's going to take to make the playoffs. I mean, well, I'll tell you what would be a nice start for them: sweep Winnipeg, and that's that's a taller order than in years past because the way the Bombers are looking right now, jeez, um, that that I'm I'm starting to believe in that Winnipeg team. So, um, I mean that that's tough. That, that's tough for Saskatchewan. Uh, two things: one, obviously the record, but two, the rest of the West is just they're like they're shot out of the cannon. I mean, the next team in sight is what, uh, four wins ahead of them, eight points ahead yep. of them, both Winnipeg. And, and even if there's a crossover right now, it wouldn't even matter to Saskatchewan. That's how far Edmonton and Winnipeg are ahead. Now, they've, uh, I think they're done with the Eskimos, uh, so they've been swept there. Uh, you know, beat Winnipeg. I mean, they, they've got to want to beat Winnipeg more now than ever before. But I, I think, hey, even the most dyed-in-the-wool Ryder fan right now would just like to forget, the, forget even thinking about the playoffs right now. Um, See, see, you know, win a couple of games and and show show a sense that they're going in the right direction. There, you know, again. So, uh, do I? Th- I think they will. Yeah. I think you're going to see them improve definitely in the second half of the season, especially if Darian can stay healthy. But yeah. uh, this thing is obviously taken. I mean, he, look, you know, find a roster last year compared to this year. Well, one of the things, and I'm not making excuses for them, but there's been so much change in that team. You look at their secondary alone, and I, I, I never, you know, I played football, but I was a lineman. I didn't play. I was never a defensive back or corner or safety. But from talking to those that have been, that, 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 that unit, that's very tricky. That's very challenging when you're dropping new guys in all the time to work together. And, and uh, it's, I, I still think there are a lot of good players on that team. I still think Chris Jones is an excellent coach. 
I mean, let's face it, and Chris Jones, the general manager, uh, you know, that's still under review. I mean, that'll, he'll be judged on his record in Saskatchewan. Uh, what yeah. kind of? Because he was given the keys to the car. I mean, he was he, he's been given control of everything. But um, you know, next year, let's face it. I mean, if they can finish on a bright note in 2016, um, you know, there will be pressure next year. New stadium, and which I hear is just outstanding, by the way. And and uh, you know, I think after two bad years, if it does turn out to be that. Uh, as great as Ryder fans are, the the expectations are going to be a lot, lot greater the, uh, next year than they uh, are this year for Chris Jones. And I mean, let's face it, Rod, heading into a uh, home and home with Winnipeg, there's always seems to be just a little magic in the air when people are crapping, cracking those pilsners at like 11 in the morning and they're getting ready for <laughs> Labor Day that afternoon. There's just a little magic. They've won 11 in a row. I'm with you. I think good things will happen with the riders from here on out. Moving to um, to bad things, and, and one thing I've wanted to know is uh, we got to watch the, obviously, you guys on the panel and your reaction to what happened with Deron Carter. Um, what are your thoughts on I mean, I think we all knew he was going to get suspended. I, we were all a little surprised it took this long, but what was what was your initial thought when you saw it, and, and what are maybe you thinking now that he's had essentially what seems like two and a half years to cool off? Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I'm surprised it's taken this long. I mean, we've debated that too, but uh, at least it means he'll miss a game against Ottawa. So I suppose there's some justice there, being in the same division. And who knows how tight that division is? You know, a game against Ottawa in terms of tiebreaker, everything else could be very, very important. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, it is the rubber match actually, and they've each won, so it is. It's an important game, and he won't be in it. So if you're a Red Blacks fan, you can feel some justice was served. Um, the incident itself. Initially, uh, it was such. If you go back and watch that entire play, it's just a bizarre sequence. It is because I thought there should have been a flag on Jermaine Robinson for a high hit helmet to yeah. helmet on on uh, Carter. How Carter, first of all, how he hung onto the ball for the touchdown, which was impressive, and then gets up with that that giddy kind of grin he's got and runs and starts running towards uh, Campbell and the and the Ottawa bench. I couldn't believe he was on his feet after being hit that hard. And, and hung on to the football. So at first, when I, you know, the first little sequence, I'm nothing but impressed of what Carter's done. I thought that, and that got them right back in the game. Um, and then he's, uh, I mean, obviously, he's certainly not trying to avoid trouble. And, uh, and he's culpable, and I, I have no problem with the suspension. I mean, I, uh, that said, uh, I thought it was a little, uh, it was a little strange the way Rick Campbell also wasn't really trying to get out of his way. Yeah. And and looked like, uh, you know, he looked like someone we'd see in, I don't know, Champions League soccer or someone, just the way he <laughs> dropped like he'd been shot. Yeah. Uh, um, that that looked a little bit odd, too. I mean, uh, he certainly sold it. Um, <laughs> and now, do you punish him for that? I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm just saying the, the whole thing got weird. He went off and he got pushed into the Ottawa sideline where they punched him in the back of the head. Yeah, and I, you know, and and uh, all the while, I mean, he wasn't even fighting at that point. Uh, so, you know, I I cut I I don't cut him any slack in terms of what he did with Campbell. That was a strange uh, turn of events. But I, Ottawa was so outraged, and I certainly I certainly thought Ottawa uh, had some culpability in what happened along their sideline as well. Oh, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Uh, this past weekend, uh, we had, uh, I think for the first time, TSN and the CFL joining up. They did CFL Wired, the Ticats and mm-hmm. the Stampeders. 
that for me was fun to watch, and it seemed like the people yeah. enjoyed it as well. Uh, where do you see this going uh, in the future? Maybe because right, it, it seemed like the the quarterbacks, you know, calling their plays. And I, I think it showed a lot of people that hey, they don't they don't just run out there and run random routes, and the quarterback checks yeah. to the guy who's open. What did you get out of that, and where do you see it going in the future? Well, I liked it. I mean, I was I was a little I was wondering. I mean. Um, uh, how cooperative! I, I was amazed they were that cooperative and willing yeah. to do this with Ken Austin and Dave Dickinson was very cooperative, and, and I think Ken Austin was too. I don't think these guys. I don't think anyone wearing the mics, including Bo Levi Mitchell, who was, uh, you know, who he's out there. He's out there on social media. I mean, um, he, he likes to have his fun too, and he also takes the game very seriously. And I think they were all quite willing to wear it. I can't imagine they like it though. And, no. and uh, I, I think I was reading something. I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but. Uh, I don't know, Bo. I think Bo said something like he wouldn't do it again, um, uh, because I, strictly out of the fear that they're giving too much away, that it's too it'd be, it'd be a good scouting tool. So I don't I don't know if it's something that's going to take off, but I really did like it. Um, I like things like <laughs> I think I think it was uh, when the ref came over. I don't know if it was Kim Murphy came over and Ken Austin. He wanted to challenge something. That's the kind of stuff I'd love to hear. Yeah. I, I want to like, hear those conversations. But you know, as long as it's not profanity laced, I guess. I mean, he wants to. He said uh, he didn't call him Brandon Banks either. He said uh, Speedy B. He said <laughs> something like the guy he had his arms. He, you know, he was grabbing Speedy B. And uh, so you understood that. Anyway, that, that was that was a neat thing to uh, to pick up on the mic. And uh, there were a few things like that on the sidelines. Some of Dickinson's discussions with uh, uh, with the officials as well. I mean, I thought it was good, but I understand the reticence that you just don't want to give any edge at all to the other team in terms of. You know your playbook, your audibles, things like that. There was, uh, I can say, and I, I wasn't on the front lines of this, uh, so I don't know much more about it than you do. But I, uh, there was a certain protocol between TSN and uh, the CFL or the teams that there were certain things that they could do and certain things they couldn't, and it was on a delay as well for uh, uh, obvious reasons. If there's a bunch yeah. of swearing, they want to be able to bleep it out. Um, but uh, I think it was really interesting. I think it was a, a great thing to try and. Just, uh, just as you talk about with plays being called, everything else. I mean, it takes you closer to the game. I, I'd love to see it become a, um, a regular or a routine part of it. I just don't know if you will. I don't know if teams would agree to do it that much. See, I, I'm the kind of guy that, that having played literally one game as a backup junior A goaltender and hearing what really goes on on ice level and playing a little bit of football in my day, I would pay for an uncensored pay-per-view feed of what's going on <laughs> just to hear what the guys are saying, Rod. Yeah, you want everything. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You, just, you don't want you don't want the ten second delay. No, no, no. <laughs> just just like at a buffet, I want everything yeah. and I want it in my yeah. head. Uh, of the, finally... the, the, CR, the CRTC may not see it that way, but I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. I can see we me, me and the CRTC uh, we've had our run-ins in the past. Let's just say <laughs> yeah. that. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's funny you say that because I remember uh, I think it was one of the camera guys that were. Uh, working with it said i would love to record everything you guys talk about before you're on <laughs> i'm like Mark, <laughs> and, it's not, and, and i'm not i'm not implying profanity or anything it's just some of the discussions get pretty funny too i like to think the stuff we do that you know uh on air is good and and some of the conversations are pretty animated and funny even off i mean it's an ongoing conversation anyway but um yeah wouldn't you like to know right i mean i i hear you but i i i don't know how much they'd ever agree to uh you know, letting this go, you know, letting this become a regular thing. Who's to say? 
Yeah, well, we're, we're optimistic. Uh, Rod, before we take too much of your time and let you go tonight, obviously TSN Fantasy is well in, into full swing. Uh, one of the few contests in the world that allows you to look as dapper as you do on TV, of course, with a Joseph Aboot suit being one of the ga- uh, grand prizes. Uh, Rod, who are some of your studs and who are some of your duds in terms of fantasy? Well, uh, I've had I've gotten good mileage out of You try to find those guys that... Uh, Obviously, the ones coming into the season that were not big names, and uh, they they've done pretty well this year. Uh, Brian Burnham, BC Lions, there's one for you. Yeah, I think he's still he's still under hundred thousand. I think he was like ninety. Uh, that was easy. Uh, so I've taken him more than as my flex guy a few times because I've also kind of figured out for a while. I you know you'd think we're closer to it, we'd have a better grasp of the rules. So I was taking <laughs> you know Roy Finch as my flex guy or or Chris Rainey. And, yeah, and you don't get return yardage. I nope. Like week four before I found. <laughs> Why am I taking this guy? That's all he's got. So go with another receiver, or you know, or another running back, perhaps. But um, but I uh, that was a good catch. Kenny Shaw. I happened to have him a week that he did really well. But uh, I think you're going to see his production. I, I have to think his production won't be as good. Only with uh, some of the other you know receivers coming back for Toronto. Who knows? He's been a, he's been a good player. Um, Geez, I'm trying to think of duds now. Um, I've been most unlucky, you know, trying running backs. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's a tougher position, especially this year. There just has not been as much of it. I mean, go ahead with Harris and Messam. They're obvious, but um, they're going to cost you too. They're like what 180 or 200 or something. They're pretty pricey. So if you can get a uh, once again, if you can get um, you know someone that's uh, Oh, I'm trying to think. Maybe, maybe Harrison with Calgary or some. If you just that's the one I take. A, I tend to take a flyer and something like that on a running back. But I'm I'm trying to think. I can't recall any uh, like any consistent duds. Are you guys both yeah. playing it? By the way, yeah, I'm playing absolute, it. Absolutely, we both are. I, I'm terrible at it because I can't <laughs> oh, wait a minute. on holidays. Define, define terrible. Do you mind? Do you mind me asking what uh, where your overall standing is? Um, it's a number so big I can't really count it. Okay, well, is it is it over or under four thousand? It is a well, it's a bigger number than four thousand. Okay, uh, okay you're it, making it, me you're making me feel a little bit better. <laughs> See, but what what happens to me every year? I've been, I've been horrible at it, and I think Matt I think Matt Dunnigan I think Matt's been like Matt was for a while I think seven or eight thousand. So if you want expertise, don't come to us. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> See, my big problem is 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 I generally take a three or four week vacation every summer. Uh, it's between all the stuff I got going on. It's the only time I can get away, and I usually check out and forget to set my lineup. So uh, even if I'm in that four thousand range, I end up in Matt Dunnigan territory by the time my holidays are over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, my, and mind you, Matt, I haven't checked Matt lately. He might have climbed. So you can. That's the one thing you can. You have one good week. You can really climb a lot. So, my, my issue uh, is I, that. My issue is that I seem to pick a guy and he'll get hurt. I, I pick Dressler, yeah. and, and then I finally get on the Chris Williams train, and he has like three catches for eighteen yards or something. So, yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Well, I, the, the worst. I'll tell you the. I, I'll tell you the dud. He's not a dud, but my dud pick would have to be last week. We have to get them all done. Of course, we can't change them once the week begins. And they like for marketing purposes, they like us to have them done. A little bit earlier, like mine should already be done, and it's uh, you know we're 24 hours to our first game, and I still haven't done them. But uh, <laughs> I took Brandon Rutley last week, um, and uh, it was announced I think after I did the pick that Terrell Sutton was coming back, and I never changed that. And and Rutley's <laughs> had a few good weeks, but yeah, um, as <laughs> as we saw, as we saw you know Sutton with a few good carries yep. in the game against Winnipeg, and then Stephen Logan getting in. 
<laughs> we were, like Matt and I were both looking, where's Rutley? Where is Rutley? Anyway, so he did nothing for it. But you know what? I'm not much of a fantasy guy. This is the first time I've ever done a fantasy pool. It's, it's been fun, though. Yeah, it, it, it makes every game uh, that much more interesting, just like you do and the panel on TSN, Rod. Uh, I mean, people that are listening to this podcast know where they can find you. Every CFL game you're hosting, that excellent panel we, we've talked about. Rod, is there anywhere else people can find you? You've got an open platform here. Anything you want to promote? Uh, where can people find more of Rod Smith? Uh, in my backyard, arguing. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, honestly, I, like I, I'm on Twitter. I'm not on frequently. I use it more just to read what uh, you guys are tweeting about. But uh, no, that's about it. I'm not much. I'm I'm a terrible self promoter. So <laughs> that's, that's my trademark. So that's it. If you're if you're watching CFL games and uh, you know, and maybe maybe some Sports Center in the off season. That's uh, uh, that's all good for me. So uh, that's about it. But no, I don't have uh, I don't have a lot of other social media stuff or anything else to promote. You were the most humble Gemini Canadian Screen Award winner and Excellence in Sportcasting <laughs> Award winner we've ever had on the pod. In fact, the only person with that kind of credentials we've had in the pod, Rod Smith. Thank you so much, and enjoy the steak that I'm sure you're about to go barbecue because you mentioned barbecue, and I'm hungry again. <laughs> All right. Great to talk to you guys. I say congrats on number 50. Uh, keep it going. I think Thank you again to uh, Rod Smith for coming on the podcast. I, I think I can speak for you, Fraser. It's a dream come true to have him on, and he seems to be pretty good at the nonsense. And, and you know what? At, at, meeting him at Grey Cup was one of my best blurry memories. Having him on the pod is is, is great. You know, it, it, that's something I'm always going to remember, and uh, we'll have he'll have Rod on again for sure. That was great conversation, and he now trails Derek Taylor. Three to one for TSN guys who have been on the podcast in appearances. So you know we got we got to even that up a little bit too. Let's recap the games quickly before we bring in Chris Best. Time for the fantasy expose on the two and out podcast. All right, so very quickly we will go through uh, the games from last week. Now I guess it kicked off uh, with. It was BC beating <laughs> Ottawa 29-23 in a game that Trevor Harris came back. I know a lot of people were high on him in terms of playing fantasy, daily fantasy, and, of course, long uh, season-long fantasy. Had himself an okay game, I would say, 352 and a touchdown. Jonathan Jennings, as we talked about a little bit last week, really starting to settle in as a CFL quarterback, 289 uh, and a touchdown. And Travis Lule actually won me a matchup in my one of my fantasy leagues because we play individual quarterbacks and you had to Ricky start Ray, him? I had to start him because of the Toronto Argonauts bye week and his two rushing touchdowns um won me the week so wow <laughs> that's right so BC the team that I think to me has been the surprise of the CFL season at least so far they down Ottawa they are now a game up on Winnipeg and Edmonton for second in the West Division of course if you're listening to this on the first day it came out BC and Toronto playing on Wednesday night Yes, uh, Trayvon Van returns for Ottawa, gets a touchdown. I really like him. And uh, Brian Burnham f- has six catches for 86 yards. He would have had a touchdown. I had him in DraftKings, but he got horse-collared like 10 oh, no. <laughs> This is the worst. <laughs> oh, 
that that's a that's a bad feel. Much like the bad feel that Alouettes fans, especially supporters of Kevin Glenn, were feeling after their team falls 32-18 to Winnipeg. The Blue Bombers winning four in a row for the first time since 2011. Kevin Glenn, four interceptions. You know how he's good like one year than bad the next? Yeah. This year, I think, is bad Kevin Glenn. Matt Nichols continues to just keep on doing enough to not make mistakes and not lose games. Not a great fantasy play, only 220 yards and no touchdowns, but from a football perspective, 23 out of 30. Andrew Harris, 70 yards rushing and a touchdown. And the Bombers, to me, I've watched a lot of Bomber games where they've gone into a fourth quarter and blown it. This is a different team. It is led by that defense that it's starting to look like I was texting with a friend of mine who was telling me, you know what, they are like Swaggerville, but they seem to just be a little bit more respectful, if you will. Khalil Bass, 10 tackles and a pick. That's unbelievable. Yeah, we thought Kevin Glenn was going to be awesome. He had five touchdowns a couple games ago, and then he follows that up with four uh, interceptions. So that was uh, pretty rough to watch for Kevin Glenn. I'm still staying away from him when it comes to DraftKings, especially with Deron Carter out this week. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. Let's go to Edmonton where the Riders, uh, they started trailing. Uh, It was, uh, what was it, 22-0, and they made a game out of it, but they lost 33-25. Yeah, I really thought that it was going to be another ugly one for Saskatchewan. But I think, like we were talking with Rod earlier, this game shows some optimism for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as they put up 16 points in the third quarter, and they start looking like the team that I'm sure Chris Jones thought he would have. And if, to me, if it wasn't for Mike Riley taking the team on his back on that one drive in the fourth quarter, Saskatchewan probably wins. Guy has a beast of a game. 253 in the air, two touchdowns on 21-26, and a rushing touchdown. Shakir Bell finally gets his opportunity and goes 18 for 138. Keep an eye out to to me, especially with his low value in DraftKings, if he's playing, I'm starting him. He's only 5500 bucks. you got to go for him. Darian Durant, he rebounds from a poor game, goes 314 yards, but uh, no touchdowns uh, as well. A couple other Ryder quarterbacks getting in there. Brandon Bridge with a big completion as well. The Ryder run game, stay away from it. Uh, Damon Roosevelt continues his great season. 11 grabs, 175 yards, also in must-start territory uh, if you're talking about DraftKings. I'm wondering if Caleb Hawley for the Riders is going to be one of those unlikely late. Labor Day heroes. He's played two games, uh, 12 catches for 145 yards over the past uh, two games. He's looking good. As for Edmonton, uh, they are what we thought they were. And uh, Shakir Bell uh, comes in, has a amazing game. We saw yep. it last year that he he's capable of being a starting running back in this league. 7.7 yards per carry last game, but when John White is back, his pass blocking ability, he'll be right back into the starting lineup. Let's talk about the game quickly that was uh, all wired up. Uh, Stampeders and Ticats. Basically, Calgary unbeaten in their past eight games, 7-1-1. One, and one. They are as dominant as it looks on paper. They've been unbelievable this year, running away from a tough West Division. Bo Levi Mitchell doesn't make a lot of mistakes. 323 and a touchdown. Zach Caleros uh, must go in fantasy if you've got him. Three touchdowns, 439 yards. He's back to the form he left in before blowing up his knee. In terms of rushing, not a whole lot. C.J. Gable only four carries for 25 yards. In fact, backup quarterback Jeremiah Masoli had more carries than the starting running back for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Jerome Messam, 46 yards and a touchdown as well. 
Daveris Daniels. Now, there's a guy I'm taking a flyer on again this week in DraftKings. It seems like Calgary just pulls these guys out of the woodwork. It's insane. Like, they come out of nowhere. I, uh, I, I don't Tolliver. get it. Terrence Tolliver and Luke Tasker have been phenomenal since uh, Caleros got back. Tolliver, 183 yards on nine grabs, two touchdowns. Tasker, an even 100 with a touchdown on 10 grabs. Daniels has uh, started two games, nine catches, 174 yards, and a touchdown. So and a he, pile of targets, too, yeah, so that's he, the big one to watch out for. He's fitting in, and since Zach Caleros returned to Hamilton three weeks ago, Terrence Tolliver, 17 catches, 380 yards, and four touchdowns. He seems like a must start right now. As for C.J. Gable, I got this stat. 18 carries in the three games since Caleros has returned. Andrew Harris had 16 last week. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, Again, he's almost like if you have to play him, do it. I just feel like... He's one of those guys that he's so cheap on DraftKings that at some yeah. point he's going to score a touchdown or two and you're going to thank playing him. I just don't know when you do it. Brandon Banks is on pace for over 3,100 yards this season. That's not the record. Chad Owens had over 3,800 in 2012. So Banks, not even close. Uh, I guess if he starts getting involved in the offense more, he could do it. Uh, but that just shows how good that year was for Chad Owens. This weekend on DraftKings, they're having the free contest, $5,000 in prizes. So even if you've never played DraftKings, a good time to try for the first time. You can make some cash. Let's get to our second guest, right guard for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Chris Best. For the first time ever, we have an active CFL player on the Two and Out CFL podcast from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We have offensive lineman, right guard Chris Best. Chris, been a while since we've seen you on a football field. How you feeling, man? How's how's the recovery going? I, I hear you're close. I am getting close for sure. I actually uh, I passed the big test today, and uh, so I was, I'm really excited about that. So I'm really hopeful it's going to be soon. I don't know exactly when, but I'm really hopeful, and I'm feeling good. That is a Rider Nation just gave us a giant air high five hearing that because you're a big part of that line, man. And we won't dwell on the season in Ryderville a whole lot. We like having a lot of fun here on 2 and Out, But I do got to ask, Darian and the boys, everybody's optimistic that, you know what, we're going to turn this thing around starting with Labor Day Sunday against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. How are you feeling, man? You feel like you're going to get back and, and, and beat some Blue Bomber ass or what? Oh, yeah, we got to. I mean, we, uh, <laughs> in my career, we're, we're, we have a perfect record so far, so we got to keep that up. You know, we got a lot to live up to there. <laughs> now, now, of course, Chris, the question that everybody really wants to know, that they've been asking me as soon as they found out it was you coming on this podcast, can, how many pierogies can you eat in five minutes? <laughs> in five minutes? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I know a list of uh, guys. you got Tony Washington and Peter Dykowski, excuse me, Peter especially, like, uh, those are some pretty prolific eaters, so I'm just going to try and keep up with those guys. But uh, I, I can put away a few. I guarantee you, I can put away a few. So do, do you offensive linemen get together in the off season and do things like this? <laughs> uh, the guys on the PA, yeah, we uh, occasionally do something like that. And, like, you know, and the Rough Rider guys, oh, yeah, we've, uh, we usually have a burger-eating contest every once in a while. <laughs> Matt Vonk is the current champion. He's had uh, nine burgers in uh, one city before. Wow. Oh, are we talking like like big burgers, or are we talking like skinny little McDoubles here, Chris? No, no, they were at least third-pounders. And uh, the ruling was 
you can make a double burger, but you had to have a bun. So uh, like two two burgers per bun, and uh, yeah, he he had nine, and it was uh he didn't feel too good after, but he kept it down. So he's our current reigning champion. I was gonna say he started two games in a row at left guard. Maybe all the burger eating's got something to do with it. A little balance never hurts on the offensive line. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Chris, obviously you've been with the Riders for a while, as you mentioned, unbeaten on Labor Day, which is a great feeling. Is there? I've been saying it before. Is there just a little magic in the air when you see the fans cracking a Pilsner at about 8.30 in the morning and you walk into Mosaic ready to go and the Bombers are in town? Oh, yeah. Like Labor Day is a very special day. There's no doubt about that. I was introduced to how special it was like my, my rookie year when uh, Kerry Joseph ran that big uh, draw for a touchdown. Uh, and, uh, yeah, well, basically won the game for us. And, like, it's been – I didn't know coming into, uh, like, my first year, I didn't know how big a game it was until that happened. And, like, just seeing the whole uh, city go insane and, like, yeah, it was it was a, an eye-opener. It was a big welcome to the Labor Day party. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Now, now, Chris, uh, on that play, of course, it's iconic. A uh, lot of people still remember it. What's going through your mind? Your rookie season, they're calling a draw <laughs> on maybe not a spot you're expecting a quarterback draw. What's what's running through your mind? Can you remember? Uh, I, actually, I, I was dressed that game. I think that was the last game I dressed that year. I was six, man. Uh, okay. I don't remember. I just remember, yeah. I remember it was a tough game. Obviously, Winnipeg was a very good team that year. We met them in the uh, Grey Cup that year. But uh, Kerry Joseph, he was playing on a, he was just on a different level. Him and uh, Coach Austin together, they had a really good thing going on there. And yeah, Kerry Joseph was just unstoppable that year. And he just, he's, I guess he must have just said, "I'm going to win this one," and just went and did it. Yeah, 2007 was a special year to be uh, in Regina, and I guess you've been there uh, through the thick and thin. We know the 2009 and 2010 uh, defeats in the Grey Cup. Talk about, uh, I guess, the adversity and how awesome it was to get that big payoff in 2013. Oh, 2013 was amazing, especially to have it in Regina. Like, uh, I I didn't realize, uh, I knew it was going to be a big deal, but I remember that Monday, right after we beat Calgary in the Western Finals, just going and, like, running some errands because they were going to put us in the hotel for the rest of the week. So I, this is my last chance to, to do stuff around the town. And literally everywhere I go, everyone's in rider stuff already. Like, you know, usually game day, I get it. Everyone's in rider stuff. But this was, you know, mo- uh, like Monday before the game. Everyone's already going. Everyone's already excited. Like, it was that whole week, uh, wow. Like, I, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to go, go to their parties. I mean, I had, a, I had a job to do. But the stories I heard were just insane. And I just remember, yeah. The city, like, wow, we haven't had anything like that since. Like, that was just a, such a special moment in my career. And, like, I can't thank the city of Regina enough. That was just tremendous. As two guys who were at the parties, we can tell you they kicked ass. They were really, really good, Chris. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Speaking of partying, I need to know, because we've all seen the iconic photos in the dressing room afterwards, after you guys have won. Who partied harder? One of your teammates or Premier Brad Wall? Who partied the hardest? <laughs> Who partied the hardest? Uh, it was probably one of my teammates whose name I can't mention, but uh, I guarantee that Brad Wall was right up in there. Like, we definitely uh, we, we may have poured a couple beers on top of him, and I don't think he minded one bit. <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen that before through all your playing days? I mean, you've got time in the NCAA, you got time in the CIS that you see a politician walk into a room and actually be universally loved. No, I mean, yeah, we Bradwell loves us, and we really appreciate that. Like, you know, it's definitely, uh, yeah. I mean, it was an amazing moment, and we were so happy he could be there. You know, it was a, yeah, it was a great time.
Chris, I get to the opportunity to go on the road with uh, the junior football team here, the Saskatoon Hilltops. I do their play-by-play, and I know that road trips can be a lot of fun. Uh, but where is your favorite place to go, and uh, what's your favorite thing to eat on the road? Ooh, um, there's a couple contenders there. Uh, we, we haven't been able to do it anymore because it's closed, but in Vancouver – uh, this tradition that got passed down to me from the guys I played with when I was a rookie, it was an Ottawa Renegade tradition that got brought to the Riders. It was called the Tour de Fat in, okay. uh, in Vancouver. <laughs> and it was uh, all-you-can-eat sushi followed by a really big <laughs> cupcake followed by uh, a big milkshake. <laughs> Man, I want to do the Tour de Fat. I feel like I might. Like, I'm no O-lineman, but I feel like I can almost pull that out and only puke a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it was full food coma after that. And we'd be right down by the beach. So if anyone was having trouble breathing after all that, we would just walk them up and down the beach for a while. <laughs> is, there a, is, is there a policy that you O-linemen have? Like, say you get a 100-yard rushing game or the quarterback doesn't get sacked at all, that the bill is on them? Uh, no, not not in a little while. Uh, we had some bad luck. A couple times, Darian bought us food, and then we proceeded to have a terrible game the next game. So, oh. so we're, we're all a little bit superstitious, so like occasionally Darian will buy us food, but we're not the, the biggest fans of that. I remember uh, it was a lot of fun when uh, Sheets was buying us Bonburgers that one year, every time we got 100 yards. So that, was, that was a big year, and we definitely we ate pretty good that year. That was a, that was a good time. I love it. Chris, what is one food that you can't live without? Like, we love talking food here on 2 and Out, but if there was one thing I had to take from you, what would you have? What would I have to pry out of your cold, dead hands, my friend? Oh, I'm a big uh, – there's a place here in town called the, the German Club. The German Club schnitzel on Fridays. That is my absolute go-to meal, you know, with, with a side of pierogies, of course. But, yeah, that schnitzel, <laughs> that, that's something else. Uh, what's your favorite kind of pierogi? I mean, we, we've, there's the plain ones, the cheddar ones, the bacon ones, sauerkraut ones. It, it, what's, what's your go-to pierogi on the side? I'm good with a plain or a cheddar. I like all of them, but I mean, the plain or cheddar, I think, are my favorite. <laughs> Chris, I, I ask a lot of guys <laughs> this one here because I love it. Because Chris, because uh, I know Travis is a big WWE fan. Oh yeah. If you were if you were like. If you had individual entrance music when you come out of the tunnel at, at Ryder Games, if you heard, by God, it's Chris Best! <laughs> if you heard that going on over the PA, what's your entrance music? What's my entrance music? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, well, we uh, we can go with what my Dan Clark and then always sing me the old, uh, he's the best around. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I've, I've sang that song to me more times than I can count. So I, I have to go with that. I've, you know what? I've covered your training camp here in Saskatoon the past couple of years, and I've heard him singing that to you. Uh, who, who would be better at a karaoke night, you or Dan? Though that's the question I need to know. Oh, I think Dan. Dan's quite the singer. He's, he he gets going for sure. Yeah, Dan's a, Dan's a singer. Dan's a comedian. Like. He, He'll roast you too. Like Daniel, Daniel cut you down to the floor. So uh, he's he's pretty multi-talented. Who is the best dressed guy on the offensive line? Who's the sharpest guy? Oh, that's easy. Uh, right now, Thad Coleman, big right tackle. He, he's a big fan of that uh, extra medium shirt, as I like to call it. You know, the, the, the skin tight look. The, the, sh- oh, yeah. the sh- medium. That takes a lot of pride in uh, what he wears. <laughs> Okay, so Chris, we'll continue with the slightly goofy line of questioning, which is, I'm assuming, probably what you expected with two and the CFL podcast. Um, <laughs> outside of Olympic pierogi eating, if we threw you in an Olympic sport, 
what would it be and what would you be good at? Uh, I wasn't a bad discus thrower back in the day. Uh, I imagine I'm a little bigger now, so probably shot put would work pretty well too. But yeah, I imagine I, I'd be a thrower. Looking at all the events, I think I'd be a thrower. <laughs> not not the no 100-meter dashes for you? I, I'm fast <laughs> for a big guy, but that does not mean that I'm fast. See, see, that's what I always say. I say I'm just deceptively fast for for a big guy when I know I ground out in slow pitch or something like that. But <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, Chris, where's the weird? I mean, there's one thing with all the all you rider guys that everywhere in the province you're instantly recognizable. Where's the weirdest place that somebody's come up to you and said, "Oh my God, you're Chris Best." Oh, that was I was in South Carolina actually, so not even in the, wow. province, in the province. I was in South Carolina. And someone recognized me and came to talk. I had my rider stuff on, which helped them out. But they, they knew who I was and started talking to me. And just, I was completely blown away. I was not expecting to be. I think it was, I was in Charleston, South Carolina. And have someone come up to me and start know who I was and want to talk rider stuff. That was, uh, yeah, that, that was a special day for sure. <laughs> of, of course, you've been drafted by the riders. You've been with them your entire career. How is it to play in uh, front of this uh, passionate fan base for this long and for one team in your career? Because that, that's incredible. Oh, it absolutely is. Uh, I consider myself extremely fortunate to not only get to play for one team my whole career, but to play for this team. Uh, I'm sure, as you mentioned, my college career, I didn't play for uh, very good. I went to academic schools in college, so they weren't the best football-wise. So I didn't really know what a uh, home field advantage was until I got here. And then my first year with the Riders in 07, I won more games than my entire college career in that one year. And uh, wow. I saw the fans. And so that was, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, yeah, that was nice for sure. After uh, I did six years of college. So after six years of playing on sub 500 teams in college to win a great cup and see that sort of fan base, that was, yeah, that, that really made me uh, pretty happy to be here. That's for sure. Uh, Chris, uh, last one for you here. We don't want to keep you too long tonight on the 50th edition of Two and Out CFL Podcast. What are you going to miss most about the old barn? Obviously, the new one is looking like it's it's basically Canada's equivalent of Cowboys Stadium. It looks beautiful. I was just there for a wedding on the weekend. But what are you going to miss most about old Mosaic and Taylor Field? Just all the little nooks and crannies. Like The offensive line meeting room has literally been in a probably – Seven places now, seven different places in the stadium now. So like, I, we've been all over that place. We've been in the green and white. We've been just tucked away at a bunch of different meeting rooms. And, like, so we, we've got to explore basically that, that whole side. And, yeah, just, you know, it, it's just fun to walk around Mosaic and, like, just see all the stuff you can find in there. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun there. I really, yeah, uh, it, it, I understand the new stadium is going to be beautiful, but I, I am going to miss it for sure. And what are you most looking forward to about the new stadium? Obviously, we, we've both seen uh, lots of renderings. Like I said, I got a chance to drive by it. looks like it's going to be you know, kind of a mecca for football in this province. What are you most looking forward to? Is it, uh, is it the hot tubs? Is it the catering? Uh, what, what's it going to be, Chris? Ooh, um, Gordy, won't, Gordy won't shut up about how amazing the, uh, the locker room is going to be. So I, I can't wait to see that. And just oh yeah, all the, the pictures of the, of the weight room and training room inside. We have a very nice uh, place right now, but like, yeah, if those renderings I'd even do close to justice of what it's actually going to look like, that place is just going to be amazing, and I'm really excited about it. And Chris, you're the first member of the CFL Pierogi Challenge that's accepted and come on the podcast. What do you have to say to the other guys that have entered, including <laughs> our very own Travis Curra? I'm just saying I'm gunning for 50, at least. So uh, I'm going to try to set that bar pretty high. 
<laughs> so my record, uh, I have a I have a pierogi eating record in Glendon, Alberta. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it is. They have a giant about eighteen foot pierogi with a fork sticking through it, and uh, I'm in the record books there for twelve pierogies in eighteen seconds. Twelve in it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's, some, uh, that's some Travis Chestnut stuff going on there. That's some professional eating stuff. We'll see. I mean, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to find my stride, but I, I still feel in five minutes I can. Uh, I'm going to put a hurting on those pierogies, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, we love it, Chris. Thank you so much for the time tonight. Wish you all the best in your recovery. Can't wait till we see you on the field again. And thank you for coming on episode 50 of Two and Out, my friend. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks again to Chris Best, offensive lineman for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, for joining us for the 50th. Uh, episode celebration of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Fraser, I, I asked you this off the air. Have we peaked? We peaked. <laughs> we have peaked. Uh, I mean, I know we wanted to do something big, and it was big enough when Chris came forward and said, I'd love to be on. And then it got bigger when Rod Smith said we want to be on. Um, next week when our guest is uh, Brazilian tie, it's going to be mighty disappointing. <laughs> Let's quickly get to the picks for Labor Day it's weekend. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. Okay, uh, Lions and Argos, who do you got? I got the Lions. Let's spin some Vancouver music. Yeah, the Lions for me as well. Thursday night football. Red Blacks and uh, I'd like to say Deron Carter and the Montreal Alouettes, but he will be missing this one. Who do you have? Well, he's their only good offensive weapon. They're no good without him. They're barely good with him. Let's take the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yep, Red Blacks for me as well. How about we do the five-man electrical band? No! (laughs) Okay, what do you want? Alanis Morissette again? No, let's go five-man electrical band. (laughs) Okay. So I took off my hat. I said, imagine that. Sunday, oh, the Labor Day Classic in Regina, the last one at Old Taylor Field, the Bombers and the Riders. The Riders have won 11 in a row. I, I don't know what happens on Labor Day. It could be Rocky Butler at quarterback. It could be whoever, and they always seem to do it. <laughs> Who are you picking? If Chris Best is back, I will take the Riders. If he's not, I'll take the Bombers. All right, so we'll play BTO for you. Sheepdogs for me because I don't think the streak ends. I'm going for the Riders. Wow. 
I, I think it. I think the streak continues because our boy Chris Best is undefeated in Labor Day, but he may not play. He says he's close, which is good news, but he may not play. The Monday, Labor Day, doubleheader, one of my favorite days of the year other than uh, the Grey Cup and Christmas Day. <laughs> it is the Battle of Alberta, a little bit different this year. The Eskimos and uh, the Stampeders are the early game. The Ticats and the Argos are the late game. Eskimos, Stampeders, who are you going with? You can't argue with the Stamps. They look unbeatable right now until somebody beats them. Got to roll with them. Let's play some dudes. Yep, I agree. Stampeders. Saturday, 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 Saturday night. I dream the Jets would get back the team and look why they got back the team. All right, the late game, the Tie Cats and the Argos. Ricky Ray makes his return. Tim Hortons Field in the hammer. Who are you going with? Just like the promo on CFL 30. The tie cats are humming. Yeah, Adrian Tracy with the great singing voice. <laughs> I'm going uh, tie cats and the Arkells as well. Feels like cats are humming. That does it. The two and out CFL podcast 50th episode celebration with John Fraser and Travis Curra. I really hope we haven't jumped the shark. Uh, we had Rod Smith and Chris Best on. We've jumped the shark, and we <laughs> talked food with both of them. We've jumped the shark. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook at Two and Out CFL. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And please base the reviews off of this episode alone. Okay, <laughs> just just this one. Don't listen to any of the other ones. <laughs> We will talk to you next week for episode 51.